you know, if you want to know what I did, I saved my own money and I bought my very first car when I was 16. And man, it was a piece of junk. I mean, everything went wrong with this thing. The engine smoked, the tires screeched, the windows, they rolled up crooked. I mean, it's all this stuff is kind of funny now. But, you know, I think that I had, I learned a good lesson and I'm grateful that my parents didn't just buy it for me. Uh, Of course you can get a car loan. People are asking, like, what do I need to know about getting car loans? It's easy to get a car loan if that's what you're worried about. That's what they want. I'm telling you, don't get a car loan. The car loan or the credit card is the exact opposite of what you should be doing. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Mike Mulick. I asked students what they wish they taught in school, and this is what they said. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the show. This is episode five, and today we're talking about money. And it's been a little bit too long. I took a little extra time to do this episode. In fact, I I think I had recorded it about five or six times, and I just wasn't happy about it. And uh, so I'm going to give it a go one more time. And uh, And I did get a new microphone, which I'm pretty happy about. So let me begin with a quote by Charlie Munger. If you don't know who... If you don't know who he is, he's a vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, and that is the huge company, the conglomerate, controlled by Warren Buffett. Charlie Munger says, Spend less than you make. Always be saving something. Put it into a tax-deferred account. Over time, it will begin to amount to something. This is such a no-brainer. You know, everything that you need to know about money... I think is really contained in those five words, spend less than you make. I mean, that's the most important thing. There's obviously a lot of things about money. And I think that's why it was so hard to make this uh, episode. I had recorded it a bunch of times. You know, what I'm going to do today is I'll give you a couple important tips about money that are important no matter how much money you make. So uh, I had received a letter from a high school student named Angel who writes, I wish they taught us about taxes and money. And Angel also writes, I want to know what is on the other side of the black hole. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm i hopefully I can at least answer the question about money and, and taxes. So, look, the quote that I just told you is the big secret. It's, you know, everything you need to know is really about spending less than you make. That's the secret. That is the big secret. But this is not easy. In fact, it's it's very hard. It's extremely hard. Why is it so hard? Because everything around us is telling us that it's okay to spend more than we earn. I mean, we really we live in this environment that's really telling us to to spend 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 and 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 spend more than we make. It's more than just encouragement to spend. We're really pressured to spend and if we're always spending, then we're really not saving. Now, you might be thinking, well, saving and not buying some cool stuff is boring, and that's not fun, and that's not you know how I want to live my life. Yes, I get that. I just want you to know that we're, we're being told to buy a lot. And if you don't try and take a look at this habit that you have and try to fix it now, you're always going to have a problem with money. So let me tell you something that is massively powerful. If you can save money, 
then you will be very quickly in a position to have more money. If you just save that money, then you will wind up having more money. And before you know it, you'll be in a better position to be able to buy more of those things later on without really working quite as hard. So it requires a little discipline now to spend a little more later. That's something that's really hard for all of us to do. You need to get this habit right. Get it get it down no matter what else you do. Spend less than you earn. And I would say try to imagine every dollar that you save as a little worker who works for you. And when you spend them, then you lose those little workers. Let's start off with my very first and most obvious piece of advice. And this is tip number one. Just stop buying stuff. I mean, just stop it. Stop buying stuff, period. You know, I mean, that's a little extreme, but I'm, you know, you need to be less of a consumer. Put yourself through a little challenge. Try really hard to not buy anything for at least a little while. I mean, does that sound crazy? You know, maybe, or maybe Americans are a little crazy for the way they spend. I mean, I that's kind of what I think is the reality here. And I think a lot of other countries would probably agree. People just can't stop buying things that they don't need. You know, and I'm fighting this too. But I'll go back uh, in time a little bit. And I'll just tell a story about when I was a student. And then when I was a resident, uh, I was always living paycheck to paycheck and feeling like I was barely getting by. I saw other people buying nice clothes, taking nice vacations, getting you know, nice things. And whenever I got a little extra money, I would just spend it because I felt like that would, would make me happy. And I was very focused on just trying to accomplish a couple of things. I was really trying to, you know, either get into school or do well in school or just do well with my residency and trying to have a social life and, uh, meet a girl to have a, you know, a girlfriend or, you know, eventually get married. And so that was pretty much all I could do. And so, you know, saving money wasn't really on my radar. Um, like I said, I just, when I had a little extra money, I would just spend it. Studies have shown that buying stuff might make you happy very briefly. And then you very quickly no longer retain that happiness from that particular item that you bought. But we seem to be very easily lured into you know, that nice, cozy, warm feeling of buying. And I think that's what we need to fight, you know, and it's not easy. And we, we, we can't just flip a switch and turn it all off. But here's how I think you can start. You know, if you want some actionable advice, when, you know, everyone's going back to school now, I suggest trying really hard to not buy brand new stuff. So let's start with some books. You know, books, most books can be borrowed, for free from the library. There's also a free app called Overdrive. And when you log in with your local pub, you, you sign up, you log in, it's a free app. You sign up with your local public library and you can get free online books and you get free online audiobooks. And you really need to, you need to try this. It's, it's awesome. Now I realize that some of the books that you need are probably not going to be on this app. And for example, textbooks for school, you might not be able to get them on the app. You know, you might not be able to get them at the library. So try to get them used instead of new. And those little dollars that you save, I mean, that adds up over time. 
there may be times when you may occasionally have to buy brand new books, you know, and that's, that's fine. Just don't make buying new your default mode. Same thing goes with like a computer. I, I would suggest to you what's wrong with the computer at the library. I mean, I, I, I could probably already answer this for you. It's, you know, it's kind of cool to have your own computer that like a laptop you can take everywhere and it's got all your stuff on it. And, you know, I realize that, but if you really need to get your own computer, why not get something that's used or refurbished? You know, computers are, they're basically outdated a few months after they're bought, but they work really well for a long time. Like, you know, I mean, at least 10 years or, or, or longer if you take care of them. So I don't think that you need to be running out to the mall or the Apple store and, and buying all the brand new stuff. I mean, it's fun there. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I know how fun it is, but you may just end up wanting something new that you didn't really even think that you need. I mean, I think that, that, that they have a way of making you think that you need it. I mean, that's, that is what they're really good at. So, um, or let's talk about cars. I do realize the need for having your own car, uh, but I think it just depends on where you live. I mean, there's some places where you may not need a car, like New York City or some of these um, towns with good public transportation. You know, if you want to know what I did, I saved my own money and I bought my very first car when I was 16. And man, it was a piece of junk. I mean, everything went wrong with this thing. The engine smoked, the tires screeched, the windows, they rolled up crooked. I mean, it's all this stuff is kind of funny now, but you know, I think that I had, I learned a good lesson and I'm grateful that my parents didn't just buy it for me. Like some of the other kids that were at my high school. I mean, as I look back at it now, I'm wondering if I even really needed that car. I live pretty close to the high school. I could have ridden my bike. Uh, I could have taken the bus. I mean, I didn't want to. I thought that was, you know, by the time I was able to drive, I'm like, no, I don't want to be in the bus anymore. So I, I get that. When I got into residency, you know, I rode my bike almost every single day, rain or shine, and I was in the cold and then in the snow. And that's just because I wasn't getting a chance to exercise. So I did eventually realize that, you know, you can do it without a car. If you're going to get a car though, um, you can try to save, save yourself some money, try to hold off for a little while. And, you know, if you absolutely need to get that car, get a used car. I mean, a new car is just crazy. I mean, it loses a third of its value the moment you drive it off the lot and old cars are actually quite good for a long time. Definitely do not buy a car on credit buying something at credit that brings me to my next tip which is don't use credit i mean just that's the opposite of becoming more wealthy i mean this is robbing you of your money uh, credit card debt uh, loans car loans uh, even mortgage i mean mortgages are i don't know some people generally think that a like a mortgage is okay because it's a good kind of debt, but I don't really believe that there's any good kind of debt. I think it's all bad. So don't use any credit of any kind if you can help it. I recently had a student ask me what they need, you know, what do they need to know about getting a car loan? I mean, here's how I would explain it. What you need to know 
I mean, first of all, what you need to know is you shouldn't do it, but you'll be much further ahead if you can save a bit of money and just buy a used car. So don't buy anything on credit. Credit cards and loans take the money away from you. And you know, that's, uh, of course you can get a car loan. People are asking like, what do I need to know about getting car loans? It's easy to get a car loan if that's what you're worried about. That's what they want. I'm telling you, don't get a car loan. The car loan or the credit card is the exact opposite of what you should be doing. All right. So you may be thinking at this point, wow, this is kind of extreme, you know? Do you think maybe it doesn't matter? It does matter. It matters big time. I mean, you know, all all of you that are have written these letters and asking about these basic life school skills, I mean, this is the basic life skill, the mother of all skills is to be aware of the world that you live in and, you know, do not take on credit debt or loans. Um, you know, we, we spent some time talking in episode two about how it sucks to be poor and millions of people are poor. Well, when you trade your money in for things now at a young age or things, or even worse, uh, things now on credit, that's preventing you from moving forward and being able to to save. When you save, your savings can then become a big pile of money that grows on its own. And then you can actually afford the stuff that you want. Eventually, you can afford a lot of this stuff that you want, but you need to get started now in these little, tiny, small ways, which brings me to the next tip. Try and understand the power of small moves so little things like your little tiny sacrifices here and there can really add up over time. So in, to, in order to highlight this concept, I want to tell you about something called the latte effect. So the latte effect was uh, introduced by this guy, Bach, who, not, not the um, composer, uh, but Bach, he popularized this term latte effect to demonstrate that a small spending habit really adds up over time. Now, maybe your spending habit is not drinking a fancy cafe latte. I mean, I think that he just wanted you to pick something, pick something on your own that is really, it's just a daily expense. Maybe it's a weekly expense, something that's $2 or maybe it's $5 here or there. Let's say you spend that $5 on a fancy coffee one time every week for the next 30 years of your life. So if you do that, then by the end of those 30 years, you will have spent $7,800. Now, if you instead invested that $5 every week, instead of spending it on something that maybe you didn't really need, you know, then you would end up with $40,000 at the end of 30 years. Now, why exactly did it amount to be so much money? Well, that's through the power of compound interest. Compound interest is when your money, your invested money, makes money. If you're interested in playing around with numbers and learning about compound interest, there's a website called NerdWallet that has a compound interest calculator. So let's say you did something, and this is what I think you should do. You should, you should probably consider opening up a Roth IRA account. Uh, so ask your parents um, if that would be something that you could talk about. But a Roth IRA account, and I like the company Vanguard. Um, there are other companies too. I'm not, uh, I'm not beholden to any one company. Uh, 
Um, but let's say let's just say you put a hundred dollars into a Roth IRA account, and you did something like the total stock market index fund, which I think is uh, a good way to do it. And let's say you left it there for forty years, and then you never put any more money in. You just did that one hundred dollars, and then that's that's it. You never did another deposit, and it just the money just grew. Let's say the stock market did what it has been doing. There's ups and there's downs, and there's an average of a 9% return over the next 40 years. I mean, nobody really knows what's going to happen. Some years it'll crash. Some years it'll be very high. But over time, it will all even out. And that money, that $100 today, will be worth $3,613. And that's due to compound interest. Look, you don't have to give up the things that you love. You just need to be smart instead and just think about what you spend your money on. And, and those little things, they amount to really big things in the future. I think the real question you want to ask yourself is, what do I want to spend my money on? Is it my weekly fancy coffee or Coca-Cola or bag of potato chips? I mean, is that worth $40,000 when you're older and when you Let's say you don't really want to be, uh, you know, working or, or working a job that you don't really like. I think it is. So I hope that I have convinced you of the power of some small moves. I suggest setting aside a few dollars, a few bucks, you know, any little bit will do. I think the next question is really what do you do with those little tiny amounts of money that you're saving? Well, there's so many different things that you can do, and it's really easy to get sort of distracted and and sort of led into um, things that don't really work. Uh, what I think that you really need to focus on here is accounts that are tax efficient or essentially um, tax sheltered. And I think uh, there was a the question from the student. Uh, Angel had asked money and taxes. Well, you know, a, a real quick answer to the question about taxes is don't pay more than you need to. Try not to pay a lot of taxes. And the way that you do that is you grow your money in tax sheltered accounts. So now here's an example of where your money is taxed. If you have a high yield savings account and your checking account or just like stocks in a brokerage account, uh, those accounts get taxed every year. And when you sell your stock, you get taxed on it. So what you do is you put money into a Roth IRA. Everybody should have a Roth IRA. Everybody should have one. And you should even think about having one even if you're less than 10 years old. I mean, if you're earning money and you have a job, then you could put money into a Roth IRA. Uh, also, a 401k and a 529 college savings account. Um. There's just a lot of options, but I recommend looking at these tax-sheltered accounts. Now, what you do inside of those accounts is up to you, but I recommend trying to be conservative. Don't be running off and buying, you know, the, the hottest new stock or any individual stocks. Don't be running off and buying Bitcoin. I mean, that that only works when you get in really, really early on and otherwise it's just gambling. It's it's gambling with your money. It's called speculation. And I suggest don't speculate. Don't play that speculative game, be an investor. If you want to know what I do, I put as much money as I can into first eliminating 
high interest debt. And then, you know, um, I, I do have some low interest uh, student loan debt, but it's really low interest. So first get rid of the high interest debt. That's like credit cards. Then I put money into my Roth IRA, my 401k, my 529 college savings accounts for my kids. And I can use that for myself. Um, and, and then I put money into a taxable account. Uh, so, you know, really everybody ought to be thinking about, you know, putting money into a Roth IRA. I've already said it before. Um, it's such a great thing to be able to let that money grow for all those years and then be able to take it out without paying it back. That's what's cool about a Roth IRA is that you put, you, you've already paid the tax on that money. And so you put the money in, it grows tax free. And then when you want to take it out and I guess it just depends, I mean, you know, when you're 60, 65, 70, I mean, you can take it out before under some certain stipulations or penalties, but eventually when you do take it out, you won't have to pay tax on it. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Do you think you could save a little something every month, even one penny? Will you be able to tell what's good information from bad about money? Peace out, everybody. The opinions expressed on this podcast are by Mike Mulick alone and are for educational and informational purposes only. Mike Mulick is not a tax professional nor a financial planner. The information here does not represent any other organization and is not intended as diagnosis, treatment, or a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. Please consult a local physician or financial planner and any other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare, medical, or financial needs or concerns.